Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Robert State, and with me tonight is uh, Jason. Hello. Mm-hmm. And today we are here to discuss the, um, you know, much discussed, very influential and um, incredibly interesting and complicated uh, Matrix film series. Uh, this is the series that was created by the Wachowski sisters all the way back in 1999, uh, had two sequels in 2003, and is just receiving its newest entry this week. Uh, Resurrections comes out in two days' time, so we're very close to the release date, and in order to celebrate that, we decided to, you know, look at the original films and, you know, discuss them and all that. And so... Uh, what I'd like to do first of all is I'd like to start out by uh, basically talking about how the two of us um, experienced the original films, uh, how we like watched them, when we watched them, like kind of our general opinions, uh, you know, how we experienced them, all that good stuff. So, uh, Jason, how would you say that you got into this series? Well, I uh, first saw the first Matrix when I ca- when it came out back in '99, and I was, you know, pretty pretty impressed by all the special effects. You know, they were awesome. Also, the fighting scenes were very well choreographed, and the, the slow motion was great. And the bullet time is also <clears throat> fantastic. And also, I think the story was great too. You know, the fact that humans, the entire human, the entire of humanity has been controlled by machines in a simulated reality, and they don't even know it. They're controlled inside the Matrix. I think the story was rather original, and that's, yes, that's how I got into the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And and when you like, and, and did you see the sequels for the first time in like the cinema as well? Well, the sequels, no. I watched those two on DVD. Leon, oh, they were yeah, yes, they, they were both great fun too. Great fighting scenes. Not sure about the narrative on the metrics revolutions, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, uh, so I experienced them. The, ironically enough, the very first time I saw anything related to the series was uh, when I saw the um, Burly Brawl fight, the fight between uh, main character Neo and main villain Agent Smith. Well, not just main villain Agent Smith, mm. several different Agent Smiths, like all of his clones and stuff. That, that was the very first thing I ever remember watching from any of these movies. And then when I was a kid, I saw um, the first Matrix uh, on video. And um, initially, when I was a kid, I actually wasn't a huge fan um, of, this, of the film. Um, and I don't know if it was because of anything related to the quality. I think it's just as a kid, the way I perceived it, it just wasn't... It wasn't really... It, it didn't really, like... Uh, get to me you know it didn't like I wasn't when I was a kid I wasn't really a fan of the way that the fighting looked and I wasn't a lot of it also was just kind of scary for me as a kid as well so I think that 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 played a huge part in it but when I was a kid uh, I did really like Matrix Reloaded and yeah at the same time I also really disliked uh, Matrix Revolutions which I remember watching um on a laptop on uh in in like my brother's bedroom or something like i just watched it on a laptop and i remember just really being saddened and let down by it mostly just because you know it goes to some very like bleak places and as a kid i just wasn't ready for that but as i've grown up i've kind of learned to not only appreciate 
like all of the films in their own different ways, but also uh, kind of like revisit them under adult eyes and see how they hold up. So a big one, obviously, is the very first film, the first Matrix. Um, So like, so, so when you were watching this film for the first time, Jason, like what, like what, what was your, like, how how did it unfold for you? What, What was it kind of a, um like did it feel like a revelation or did it feel like a really interesting set of events if that makes any sense well uh i thought well first of all i have to say that what mostly stands out is uh as the effects you know they are they were really groundbreaking for its time you know lose the slow motion and you know i was i was I wasn't really that into the story. I was more into the fight, into the action. You know, I was only like 15 years old back then. So mm-hmm. okay. and that, that's what stood, out, what stood out to me mostly. All right. But it's, and it's still like, it, it was it, did, did, was, did it feel like nothing you had ever seen before? Yes. Due to the, due to the action scenes, yes. Due to the special effects. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that, I think that it was stands out mostly about it. And, you know, the, the terrific camera work and all the terrific stunts. You know, all together they make into they create quite a spectacle. I think that's what most people like about the Matrix. You know, the action scenes, the way they are created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that that's definitely a big part of it. Um, what what I'd say so so for me, I think uh, the first Matrix film upon viewing it under adult eyes, it's just it's such a great film. It's um definitely I think it will forever be the best thing that the Wachowski uh, sisters have ever done. Um, at least in terms of like public opinion, in my opinion as well, I think it's their best film. Uh, I think what they do so well is that they basically, um, it, it is an action movie in many different ways. You know, it's a film. It's a film with a lot of like you know, kung fu inspired like hand to hand combat. It's a film where people like you know dodge bullets and defy physics. Uh, it's a film where you know there's like big um, uh, like stunts with like helicopters and all that crashing into buildings and firing miniguns. Um, but for me, I think what makes it stand out so well is that it's um, it's not just kind of using that as a cover for a lack of substance. There is a, a, quite a bit of substance in the film, and a lot of that comes through in the film's like narrative, um, how it kind of explores a lot of these very like um heady challenging themes like the nature of belief uh fate um and also identity as well and that's an important thing because the entire neo's entire journey is very much a discovery of his own identity how he goes from this random guy to basically being humanity's savior you know and this is a story arc that we have seen like be played out quite a lot but the Matrix, I think, makes it compelling because Neo works quite well as an audience surrogate. Well, because as you said, he's just a simple guy who becomes a savior of humanity. Again, he's just a simple guy. That's maybe that's why some people can identify with him. Maybe everybody can identify with him. You know, just a simple guy going from, you know, normal to hero. Definitely, yeah. Because and also it's because um, his 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 character. Um, you know, you you can argue from the beginning that he's a little bit of a blank slate, and yet at the same time, it also puts you in the shoes of um of what it would be like to be in that position to um be kind of lured in by these like messages from these like, people, 
uh, to have these incredibly surreal experiences that seem like dreams and in reality they are happening and yet they're not because his entire world is just constructed you know by machines you know it's like it's it's you you can just insert all of your own experiences into his past and then think to yourself like what if it turned out that that none of that stuff was taking place in the real world and it was just in a construct that your mind thought that you were in you know and then what and then what we get with the film is we get this this also we get that reveal and it's um it's what what's great about it is that it's such a like scary revelation it's done so well when neo wakes up and he's in that pod and he looks out and he sees that there's like millions of other humans just all in these pods uh that are being like kept by the machines because the machines are using them as basically batteries um and that i think is a very very like it's a scary reveal and it's also um one that's that's kind of just horrifying like to your own mind because you think to yourself like like that is such a scary idea you know Uh, like i don't know like even if you weren't like especially if you weren't the one it's like you imagine like you're just a human that's being used Mm. for something by machines you know that's just that's just a terrifying concept yeah as morpheus put it in the first first matrix we are like batteries for the machines you know Mm mm-hmm we used to yeah. use them for batteries, and now we we are batteries for them. And it's, you know, I see also see it as a bit of a metaphor because, how, because um, regarding how technology is taking taking us over in a way, you know, today we humans cannot really live really live without technology. We can hardly hardly live without technology, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot live without our mobile phones as, as the, and our laptops, etc. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's basically you know, it's it, and it's not necessarily the most original thing for like a sci-fi movie to explore but it is definitely you know like this is a potential end result what would happen if we um you know like if we mistreated like robots you know what if they like rose up against us and just decided to use us as you know um a life force which is essentially what the they were being used human humanity was being used as um and I love that, and I love the way that the film continues as well, how we see, uh, like, Neo slowly beginning to understand the situation, and we see the situation itself play out, uh, how it's, you know, like, human beings uh, versus the the Matrix, like, computer system, and also basically set, putting Neo in this position to where he can then, like, become the one, because that's basically what it's entirely relying on. And, you know, you see, like, you see this in the scene between him and the Oracle, how the Oracle seems to kind of hint at the fact that uh, he might not be the one. And this gives him a bit of doubt, but it also sets him up later on to be, to to ultimately, like, be surprised by the fact that he genuinely is the one. Um, But what I think they're conveying is that for, for Neo, it's kind of all about belief. And that's a running dialogue throughout the film that it's about what you what your perception is uh what you believe what you think is real um and i think that the film really well foreshadows that final payoff of neo embracing his inner powers mm, yeah it certainly does i mean i love that scene in the subway where where uh agent smith has is holding neo against and uh, waiting for the train to hit them and Keanu Reeves' character says, my name is Neo. 
and he managed to fight back. I love that scene because that's great character development, and uh, you know, it also shows how that he is embracing his, you know, his destiny as a as a chosen one. Yeah, I agree. I love that sequence as well. It's like, it's it's a great uh, fight scene on its own merits. You know, it's basically it's the it's the typical like hero uh, versus villain fight that you often that, that, that's been done a lot in like fiction since and beforehand. You know, and but the way it's utilized in this story is that as Neo says, no, no, as Morpheus says, you know, Neo is beginning to believe. He's basically. Mm thinking i can take this guy on i do have what it takes and he then ends up fighting him and then yeah you get that moment and even though it's not the permanent defeat of smith it's still um you know it, it is still it's it's like what one of the final steps that neo has to take you know and i think it has a bit more resonance as well because uh um uh, one of the wachowski sisters lana wachowski who is who coincidentally is also directing uh, resurrections um is basically like she the, like she gave this like speech around when she uh came out as uh transgender um and she basically kind of said that there was one time where uh because of her like um uh gender like you know like her thoughts like everything that she went through you know like in regards to questioning her identity and stuff you know and being uncomfortable living as a man um she kind of she considered um committing suicide by throwing herself in front of a train you know like they like they, 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 this is one line if you just look up her speech she basically just straight up says this that she was con- contemplating that and the thing and you can see that in that scene you can kind of see the whole idea of questioning your identity and yet also really wanting to fight for what you ultimately believe which is you know this person may call you by one name, but there's another name that you know is true to who you are, you know? And, um, and you know, and that, and that does give the scene a sort of a meta uh, quality about it that I think has a lot of weight and power. And I think any individual who is going through any kind of identity crisis or doesn't really know who they are, you know, whether they're trans, whether it's to do with your sexuality, like whether it's to do with anything about you, you can kind of look at that and think to yourself, you know, that is an affirmation. That is, you believe, like, what's true. And what's true is, you know, uh, his name is Neo. He is the one, you know. And I fa- and I think that's a, it's a bit of su- subtext to the first film that I think has made it age very well and perhaps makes it a bit more applicable to, de- to today's society, society. I mean, would would you, can you see that? aspect yeah everybody sometimes everybody wants to find out who's a real i guess he's the best person they can be and i think that's the first matrix is 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 a big part of it's about self-discovery i think you know as you said news has to find out who he really is you know i think self-discovery plays a big part in its narrative because that's basically what he's trying to do in most of the film i guess neo doesn't he Mm-hmm. yeah and it gets an amazing payoff at the end when uh you know he when he does seemingly die and then uh trinity basically tells him you know like it, it, it is destined it was destined mm. that i was gonna fall in love with the one and i'm in love with you therefore i know that you are the one and gives him that kiss of life and then he comes back and he finally like he sees the matrix in a uh, code form 
and he's able to just defeat Smith so easily. It's such a, it's such a like awesome moment, and um, you know, it even leads to that to that incredibly cool ending where you know he gives the phone call, basically like saying like you know like I can help free you to anybody who's like who wants to get out and thinks that the world isn't is constructed like he now knows and then he flies off at the end you know with that rage against the the rage against the machine song playing it's it's a great it's a fist pumper of an ending um but yeah to get so to get onto like the specifics of like the effects and the action scenes um i think you, you can certainly see their influence how they're influenced from um like martial arts films um and they what what makes them work quite well is that like they're like they're so fun but there does feel like a that there is genuinely a sense of like tension and stakes within the fights themselves yeah it's the thing that's a lot to do with uh with the situation the you know the the nature of the fight and the, the acting mm-hmm. of course you know they're they're fighting for their lives of course and they do it very well and Thanks to the, you know, slow motion and the terrific stunts and the wire work, it it gets it gets really spectacular. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. And some of the fights, um, you know, they they, they maybe embrace the uh, the death and violence quotas um, more than most movies at the time. Like, for example, in the uh, in that entire sequence where basically everything like goes to hell, you know, because. Um, Morpheus gets captured uh, by Agent Smith and, you know, and the other agents as well. Um, and they basically have to, like, flee. And then because one of their team members, uh, Cypher, betrays them, um, you know, all, all, all basically just for a shot at, like, fame in the Matrix itself. And all for, you know, as he says, you know, a blissful ignorance. Yeah, and then all of the... Most of the team basically ends up dying apart from one of them. And then like even even though he gets killed very quickly it, that still permanently like affects the third act itself because neo has to go back and save morpheus and all of that so it, so there is a big sense of stakes um there's a big sense of uh danger especially to neo in the beginning even before a lot of the action starts like in that scene where he has to escape where he has to try and escape from the office uh we just feel like at any moment um this this guy could die uh people could get hurt you know the good guys could lose and you know that's i I think that's just important for any action movie yes well you know well it's it's quite a difference quite it's quite uh different yes because in action films you don't expect you know some characters to die you know that they're gonna live Mm -hmm. and as you say you don't expect that that's gonna happen you know at some point you think that morpheus gonna die Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a bit of a difference, as you say. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought about that. It's a good point you're making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and yeah, and last major thing I want to touch on as well is um, actually I'll say one more word about the effects. Uh, yeah, definitely the bullet time stuff was just so like it, it. It's just such a cool idea. It's just such a cool thing to you know have the idea of the bullets being slowed down and to have the idea of you know, being able to jump up in the air and do these movements, you know, just, it's something that your brain just, it, it, it's just pleasing, you know, it just, it's just, it, it really just, like, it engages you because you see the action, 
you can totally see it happening. You know what's going on. And um, then finally you get uh, a sense of, you know, like you get a sense of fun that you just could never experience in reality seeing any scenario like this actually play out, you know, like that, like that's why the, uh, the lobby uh, shootout was um, so great because, you know, you're just like, you're just seeing physic defying stunts on screen and you're seeing like, you know, guns blazing and all of that. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just very imaginative and, you know, upon rewatching the film, yeah, there are some bits where the effects don't hold up, but largely speaking, they do. Um, yeah, I love, and yeah, but but the last point to touch on as well was like the acting and cast too, because I would say it pretty much made stars out of most of the actors. Well, I think that Keanu Reeves does a does a great job as Neo. I think it has become his most iconic role, even mm-hmm. more than John Wick. You know, he plays he play, plays it well. It's very good, and he and I think the characters you know they look really cool with all the. You know, cool clothes and that they wear the glasses and everything. And it's awesome to see them, you know, getting into action with that, you know, shoot fighting and shooting up. Yeah, um so I would say uh, like in, in regard to him, um yeah, I think he does do quite well. Um I, I know that this was kind of where that sort of belief that he's like a wooden actor began and i think that's more just because a lot of people more associated him with with this role than in any of the roles where he was a lot different and a lot more like um like outwardly emotional so to speak but in this one i think his he he does sort of downplay it and and i think that that works quite well because especially because like uh, one of the people that they originally um like thinking would play neo was would be uh, will smith um, you know, Will Smith even like did a YouTube video where he straight up um, explained like the entire auditioning process and all that, and why he turned the role down. But when you think about it, Will Smith as Neo, in terms of that, if you're just thinking about those same set of experiences, it would just feel a lot different because of what we know about Will Smith as an actor. And maybe he could have given a different kind of performance. But I sort of, I feel like you know, Neo as a character kind of needs to be, like, not the most charismatic, loud, uh, you know, energetic guy in the room. He kind of needs to be a bit downplayed, so therefore the audience can kind of see these events play out alongside him. Um, and he does quite well at that. And, you know, and, th- and there are some, like, quite good line deliveries. Like, one of my favourite ones is the bit where um, uh, they're, they're taking the bug that was inserted into him out of him and uh he and if you yeah if you just go online and look up the scene the way he he yells when he yells the line uh jesus christ that thing's real the way he yells it out sounds so convincing and you really really believe him in that moment um yeah so the other actors like lawrence fishburne is like iconic as morpheus um he really just fits that role when he has that like great leadership quality about him um, and he gets quite a lot of exposition, but I think what helps is that he's such a good presence that he can kind of carry it through quite well. Because there is almost an entire section of the film that is just him explaining stuff to Neo, and yeah, you kind like it's easy to go along with because he's got such a great voice and he just sounds very, very compelling. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a wise guy. You know, he's a leader of the the free the free people. You know, he's a he's the one who tries to lead them everybody to the right direction. He's a you know, he's a good leader. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, 
Yeah, and I think he's Fitzburn does a very good job at that. He's you know he's a he's a calm man, and he he know he knows he seems to knows better. He knows knows very well what to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. And finally, to mention it, and start, I'll, I'll talk about a bit more about him later as well. Uh, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith was mm-hmm. great. Um, he kind of like like he and the other agents, but especially him, have this kind of inhumane quality that is befitting for basically computer programs because that's what a lot of them are they are just computer programs that just take human form uh he has this like very like off-putting quality about him um and yet he's he's clearly so like enjoying the role that like that kind of rubs off on you and you really enjoy watching him um he does you know he, he, he does really well in the action and he's just really like really menacing too um yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah. So, so overall, what like what would you say? Uh, like, like, like uh, leaving the film for the first time. What, what, what do you like? Do you remember uh, thinking about where the story was going to go next, or what we, were, what else we were going to see of it, or or what? Or were you just kind of satisfied? Well, after after the after watching the first Matrix, I thought I don't know. I thought maybe the film was going to end there, you know, because it has a perfect ending, you know, with. Keanu Reeves be learning who he is and becoming all powerful, and and it ends with the uh, idea that he's going to go off and fight some machines and free everybody. I thought maybe that was going to be it, you know. Was I was only like fifteen then, so it could have been it. So yeah, so yes, I was I was very happy with the first film, though. Generally, good, good action, good story. Yeah, it's very, very terrific action science fiction film. Mm-hmm. One of the yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I know what you were going to say. Uh, one one of the most influential, or one of the best. One one of the best sci-fi films of the nineties, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. an iconic film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, yeah, and of the nineties, I mean, it wasn't it, it, around the nineties. That was when they, you were starting to see movies that were kind of cyberpunky or ones that kind of threw in this whole question of like whether the world around you was just a construct. You know, but and although the matrix, the matrix was a part of that, I think it stood out from the wet, the rest of its peers because it kind of it almost it almost created it fully created its own identity in it. It had such an influence that even if you can say that it is like other films, um, it's still one that like is its own thing, you know, and that's kind of what makes it work so well um yeah so and and as a kid as well it was interesting as well because i was existing in a world where we just had all three films already whereas like like you know for for like in terms of how you experienced it there were you know like we had the first film and then uh years later the sisters they came back and they decided to make two follow-ups um yeah so, so this is where it gets like a bit more interesting to talk about because so in 2003, there was basically this like entire set of Matrix-related media where you had uh, the fir- the uh, you had Reloaded and Revolutions, the other two films, making it trilogy, and you also had the video games Into the Matrix and the Animatrix, which was a collection of like animated uh, short films that all like strung together and stuff um yeah i can't i can't really remember enter the matrix too well i might have played it at one point but i don't really remember i don't really remember it and all i remember was literally just it was a video game version of like a 
side story like an event that took place like i think in between uh reloaded and revolutions um the animatrix i didn't watch until recently and um i actually quite enjoyed it um it was very it's it's a it's kind of an it's an anthology film so like some shorts are better than others but i think some of the ones that stand out are the ones that kind of give it that are made are like animated by some very good animators but they also tell stories that are a bit important to the series like some of them are just one-off ideas and other ones are like like what one of them is literally like a backstory for how the machine versus humans conflict started and it's really surprisingly uh, revealing and detailed um and it makes you think about the machines in a completely new light um and then uh you have a couple of other shorts where like one that sets up uh the kid a character that appears in the two sequels and um uh what else um yeah and a few others that are just sort of like cool random throwaway like ideas you know and it's but it, it was really great to see um the matrix be given to some different like animators and to see how they could visually uh capture them and you know bring them to life and i think that they are i i would say most of the stories are quite good on their own i think they work as like self-contained pieces but you know i mean it's not vital for you to have seen them but they do work as almost a good bit of um content you know to kind of give to the series um yeah 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 yeah. i'd recommend you watch it at a certain point jason because it's quite i think i think they're quite good okay Mm -hmm. but yeah but then so this leads us on to reloaded and revolutions uh two films that were kind of controversial upon release um i think that they split critics they definitely split fans um and a, a lot of the, all the and there, there was obviously the whole the expectation of you know um two follow-ups to you know such an iconic movie but there, and there was also um you know the whole nature of them furthering the story and kind of what they did with it and how they wrapped it up um you know like until like resurrections uh this was like these last two films were just the last pieces of matrix media that we had i mean we we had the matrix online afterwards but you know as far as movies go these two were like the final two notes of the matrix story um yeah what 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 would you say about like the two sequels like how, how how do they like as a fan of the first one did they kind of like do you think they were beneficial do you think they were useful well, they, they borrow some terrific action fi- action scenes, that's for sure. You know, the, they have the freeway chase in the Reloaded. You know, the the part where uh, Neo fights all those countless, countless uh, Agent Smith clones in the alley. That that was pretty awesome. And and we have we have of course in the in Revolutions we have the the battle for Zion, and we have the final showdown, of course. That was, you know, very spectacular. I think that I think the Reloaded was was okay. Generally, I think we have, of course, many character, a lot of new characters been introduced, and like I said, since the, the Reloaded was okay story wise, and I think that the Revolutions disap- disappointed a bit because I think there was, in my opinion, there was too much action, or you know, maybe too much um, dedication was given to the special effects and not 
wasn't not much, not much dedication was given to the storyline. That that's just my opinion. Now, I just mm-hmm. found the ending it was a bit disappointing. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so the way I put it, um, so uh, Reloaded used to be my favorite as a kid, um, and now that's not the case. Uh, Revolutions used to be my least favorite as a kid. Um, in fact, I would say it was kind of one of the things that influenced um, my kind of film tastes as a kid um, in a way that I'll get onto in a little bit. Um, and that and that's no longer the case now, uh, both in terms of the film tastes thing and also in terms of uh, the film itself. Uh, the film is no longer my least favorite. In fact, I kind of... I slightly prefer it over Reloaded in a few ways. Um, yeah, Reloaded is um, it's quite an ambitious sequel because it almost seeks to kind of deconstruct the first film because uh, mainly because of that reveal that the entire this entire situation of uh, the machine war, uh, Neo being the one uh, defeating like defeating the machines and then winning the war and saving humanity that all of that has played out five times before and the entire thing is just a self-perpetuating cycle that the machines have basically done because it's revealed like mainly in that in the architect scene that you know the neo is basically just the the one is basically just an an anomaly you know it's it's just a thing that occurs each time and you know then they just and each time what they've done is they've come these this like same basic situation has happened five times and then neo's or the the one whoever they are has come to the architect and the architect is given the choice of you know uh save the person that they love or save humanity you know but the saving humanity choice comes at the cost of almost all of humanity being wiped out except for a select few people that can then just like repopulate Zion and then they kind of like reboot the matrix over again and it's totally different but the same scenario still plays out several times and uh that's quite um I quite I do respect that because it's taking this narrative and it's trying to um yeah like you know like change it up you know like like not make it a kind of an almost like Star Wars-esque battle about, you know, the good resistance versus um, the evil empire. It's more of a case where this war has played out and it's always been a certain way. And it's been a certain way because the good guy has always tried to save humanity. And yet, you know, humanity has only barely been saved and the same situation keeps on happening again and again. So, um, it throws a bit of a wrench in and um it's especially noteworthy because at the end of it neo decides to save trinity from uh, dying so you know like for that it, it, it's it's almost as if he dooms humanity you know but we do see that that is kind of the breaking of the cycle and um you know like we, we see what it leads to in our, in revolutions but you know i do quite like that aspect of it like that whole reveal at the end the action in Reloaded feels like it takes um, up a lot more of the film than it did with the first film, because um, it, it, this one, it, it likes as big, like befitting its status as kind of an A to B film, like a bridge between the first film and the last film. Uh, it basically feels like a lot of ideas just kind of thrown at the wall to see if they stick and work. So you do get some really fun creative ideas, like the whole idea of um, Agent Smith coming back, but 
like not no longer really is an agent but instead is a virus that can copy himself into several different people um you know that then creates clones of himself and that feels like a really great idea and it's one that's carried through um very well into the next film um it's one that like kind of results in some like really spectacular fight scenes like you know like that burly brawl fight um that just does have some really really um you know fun entertaining like bits of action bits of choreography um even when it gets a bit like um obviously cgi uh there is still a sense of entertainment to it that i think gives it a lot of charm yeah well jackson's scenes are certainly certainly look awesome i think there are a few funny bits in the i don't remember them but i think there were a bit some comical moments in the action scenes i guess it depends on how you look at it yeah like like reloaded does like intentionally or not it does kind of have the most humor of the um three films like especially because you know like the, like there is like the, the, there are some deliberately like comedic exchanges but there are some other bits as well that are just like 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 to give you an example in the Burley Brawl towards the end of it um i really found it hilarious the bit where neo was basically just like he was quite overwhelmed by the amount of smiths so he just starts jumping and hopping from one to the other and then each of the smiths keep on trying to like jump up in the air and like grab him to try and get him down and they keep on missing as well and that was i i don't i just i i I lost it at that moment it was just so funny and then and then they will like quickly pile on him when one of them actually gets lucky you know and that was kind of humorous too and then uh the scene kind of ends with like neo like like actually like um you know getting off all of them and then flying up in the air away and then all of them just kind of look around look at each other and then just slowly walk away in like total disappointment and that was really it it helps add a bit of personality to you know the villain or the villains you know like it gives it gives them a sort of sense of like i guess you could say humanity even though they're obviously not human um and yeah and there are a lot of other like great bits in the film i think that the film um does have some of the most iconic fights of the series like you have the chateau fight where it's basically neo versus uh the merovingians goons uh you have the like you have the famous bit where he's just stopping all of the bullets uh you have the highway chase as well which i think is is very noteworthy too the bit where they're you know they're taking like the key maker and you have the ghostly twins and then you have the agents and you have like so much destruction and carnage going on um yeah all of that stuff is like really great but um in my opinion i think the film is just too long like what like what would you say did you did you did the length bother you or did it flow totally fine yeah, things uh things it was a bit overlong. I do agree with that. I mean, maybe there was a bit of unnecessary uh, scenes, if you ask me, here and there. But overall, it's a it's an enjoyable film, though. It's it's a worthy sequel. Yeah. Um. So so what I'd say, I I don't like for me some of it is the action. Like I think the highway chase in particular is like it it, it might be like fifteen minutes, or at least it felt like fifteen minutes. And in my opinion, I think it could have it could have been heavily trimmed. Like that's. I wouldn't necessarily say any of the major scenes need to really be cut. I would just say, like, you could just trim them and get across the exact same point. Like, you know, or even like the Zion uh, rave bit that we see where they're all kind of like dancing. You know, it's a real. It, it is a really good scene. Um, but it is a bit. It's a bit indulgent and a bit lengthy, and it could be trimmed here and there. Um, and there's um, 
well so i i don't know it just i think it also kind of doesn't help that again it is a bit of an a to b film because i mean it does get give a lot of good setup at the beginning of this like kind of new status quo but then it kind of, and then it just sort of um it does have a climax with like neo saving trinity bringing her back to life and uh then the reveal that neo has the powers of the, the one in the real world too uh and then it just it just sort of ends on a on an ominous cliffhanger and it says to be concluded so that and that right there makes you kind of realize that the entire thing is just kind of set up for the last film um the the one good thing though is that a like uh like you know we like you don't have to wait um several months to see it you can just instantly pop in the next one but i think that makes it most makes reloaded and revolutions feel more like one film than two films they were also released within like uh approximately six months from one another weren't they reloaded was released uh may 2003 and Revo- Revo- revolutions was released uh november 2003 yeah and they were both filmed simultaneously you know they do kind of feel like one film you know i do agree yeah. with that they also have quite a lot of similarities too i mean there's a they both both reloaded and revolutions have a lot of the agent smith again yeah, they do kind of feel like one film because of that. Yeah, especially with the way that Revolutions begins, because uh, the first two begin with like an action scene with uh, Trinity, and uh, the first one of this one is like a dialogue scene with like Trinity, and it's um, it's it's basically just picking up exactly where the last one left off. Like it's not beginning; it's not really beginning in a big, exciting way. It's just sort of like okay, we're continuing the story from where we left off. Um, and, and, you know, I do, um, like, I do think it's kind of interesting that this was, it it was three films, but you do have almost a two part story, um, you know, like from the matrix to these two sequels, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I do, I I do respect it though, because at the time I don't think that was very common. Uh, now I think we're quite used to it, especially with like, you know, the Marvel films and stuff like that. And even, and, you know, some comic book movies where, you get one film and then a few months later you get another film that might not be a sequel, but it's still set in the same universe, you know, and it's, or it still might like feature the same characters. Um, so it kind of feels almost like what you're getting the sequel quite early. Um, so I do quite, I do respect that, that they were at the time that they were willing to do that. In fact, I think at the time the sisters um, wanted those two films to be released like weeks apart from each other. They did, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Which okay. would be I was, big. I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. They yeah, want to be, yeah. wasn't them to be released weeks apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I I can see why that would that wouldn't have been possible, but you know, it, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, the Fear Street uh, Netflix films, like that, like that uh, trilogy of like uh, teen horror films that came out this year each of those films were all released like one week apart, but that's on Netflix. But you know, like it's a different thing when you're releasing something like a releasing a couple of big blockbuster movies in the cinema, you know, that's like, you, 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 you just couldn't do to a film in its sequel, like weeks apart. You just couldn't do that, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, I do think, I, I think the reloaded is a bit, um, it's it's a bit over it's a little over ambitious and it is a bit um uh you know it's a bit it's 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 a bit of a 
a filler film, but I think it, it still kind of works, and I think it's still quite respectable for its ambition. Uh, I do really love some of the new characters that they introduced, like uh, Link, like the Merovingian especially, um, and, you know, I do feel like it's still... it it like it it furthers the first film's world and that's kind of what you want in a, se- in a sequel uh okay so w- what about uh revolutions uh what how, how did you feel about that um a bit more it, a bit more extended yeah well <clears throat> yeah i wasn't i was a bit disappointed with that i thought you know to, you know there was okay great action but no not not too much story and i, and I wasn't i wasn't happy with the ending Mm-hmm. You know, with, okay, with well, Neo, well, Neo dying, sacrificing himself, I, I, I personally wasn't wasn't happy with that. And I just think that the wasn't much. The, the I don't think the story was very rich. That's just my personal opinion. Okay, all right. Well, uh, yeah. So, um, in regard to Neo dying, that's basically like in the sacrifice that he makes at the end of the film. Uh, that, that, to me, actually was one of the things. That made me really not like it when I was a kid, um, and it and it I, I was so unwilling to accept that that eventually, and this wasn't the only film that played a part in this, but eventually, like when I was a kid, I kind of had this thing of uh, if I like if a hero died at the end of the film, or if the main character died at the end, then uh, I wouldn't like it or I wouldn't watch it. Um, you know, I just had this that this total aversion that thankfully at a certain point I just got over. But that and that played a part in creating it because as a kid I just could not accept it. You know, I just was it just hurt like seeing him be swallowed up by the um you know like by the thing when he's getting copied and when he's like being taken off on that like um like a like thing that makes it look like you know a funeral pyre and all that when he's like been killed. Um, it just it, it as a kid it was just it was sad and it was it was sad to see uh, Trinity die as well especially because you know Neo had saved her in the last film and yet ultimately on his journey you know she ends up dying and that was just and that was very sad it was very um, bittersweet and um, yeah but but you know upon like looking at it objectively as a film um, I also remember being bothered n- not necessarily by the lack of story but more by the lack of what i felt to be like inventive action um and upon like watching the film today although it's not as creative as reloaded it still has a lot of really good action it does still have you know it has that early like uh club like well well outside entrance of a club uh where they're like shooting at people that are like jumping on the walls and like flying up in the air and stuff when they're like trying to find the merovingian and also we're seeing like like we're seeing um yeah like like you know scenes of like you know the machines finally invading zion and them having and the humans having to like fight them off in these like mech suits that fire machine guns uh you know and like we see rocket launchers firing drills and stuff and then and the, the and you know the best and most memorable bit is by far the end where it's neo versus smith and they're like flying in the air and stuff and punching each other um all of that stuff is really really creative and it holds up really well i have to say like the effects in revolutions still look good today you know and um and that in and of itself is a big accomplishment and i do think that the storyline is you know i i agree it's not as it's not quite as complicated as the prior two films uh but i don't think it's bad and i think it 
it does what it needs to as the concluding chapter of the trilogy and it also does give us a bit of um like food for thought regarding uh agent smith's character and neo's character how they're kind of shown to be it's like they, they say in the film that they're almost like an unbalanced equation or something that needs to be balanced so therefore smith can be destroyed so obviously neo has to die in the process and uh, i did quite like that about it um i did like how we saw the the conclusion of neo and smith's villain relationship and um and how that ended up playing out you know, Neo sacrifices himself for the good of humanity. I still would have preferred it if he lived so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I understand the power, you know. It is a powerful ending. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I guess that's not the end that I, that I was anticipating. That's all, but yeah, go ahead, Robert. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I mean, it's true in some ways to the religious themes of the uh, series as well, because Neo has a lot of parallels. He has parallels to like Buddha, but he also has a lot of parallels to you know Jesus Christ as well. And we kind of we see that especially you know it's like he basically dies, so therefore the war can end. Um, and I quite like how, um, how 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 that ended up playing out. Like you know we see uh, Agent Smith basically losing his mind because although he's absorbed he's absorbed the powers of the Oracle, but the Oracle ultimately tricks him into defeating himself and um you know we kind of and we see and i i like i think agent smith's like kind of breakdown is one of the best parts of all three films i think it's definitely hugo weaving's finest hour as agent smith like i think he does an incredible job in that final like battle when he's like losing it saying you know like mr anderson like why 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 do you persist you know i mean we even see the bit where he's like we even see the bit where he's like scared and says get away from me you know, and it's like, it's like he's displaying like a lot of extreme human emotions, you know, and it's, and I think he plays it excellently. Um, I really, I, I do really like that, the way that that ultimately concludes. And um, I do like parts earlier on as well. Like I do like the emotional weight that certain scenes have. Um, I do appreciate how, how they conclude like the Oracle's character and even how they, um like do the do the sort of like kind of agreement at the end between the oracle and the architect how the architect like is kind of almost strong-armed into basically like agreeing to this deal to let humans out of the matrix or humans that want to be out out of the matrix and he has this line where well she has this line where she's like um like i want you to give me my word and he says you know like what do you think I am human, you know? And that's quite a good exchange. Um, yeah. So I think it, like, you know, it's not the best finale to the trilogy, but I do think it's quite a, it does what it does. And in some ways it probably just does depend on like what you, what one might personally want out of it. Um, yeah. Do you, I, like, do you have any like, uh, like favorite bits of the film? Like, 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 like bits in it that, um, you just on your own like really enjoyed. Well, there is a part that I find rather funny is that is when uh, Agent Smith he overtakes the Oracle, he becomes her, and he starts laughing. I thought that was rather rather funny. You know the way he laughs. <laughs> nothing, I... to, nothing to do with nothing to do with um, Weaving's acting, but it's just a scene. You know the way it's the script of that, the way he starts laughing. <laughs> 
yeah i agree i mean it's a it's kind of a famous bit and it's got mm-hmm. it's kind of it, it seems a bit random because you know, like like all we like we know okay he's cloned into the oracle so smith i mean he's kind of like, smith, agent smith is kind of a hive mind but he's also mm-hmm. a lot of different individuals and this is now agent smith with the power of the oracle and you know you almost like they set it up very dramatically when he takes off the sunglasses you almost expect him to like have some sort of line where he says like you know like now i've seen it or something like that you know Mm -hmm. like some sort of line but instead he just like openly starts laughing giving this delicious evil laugh you know and it is i i i I do like it i think he like i I, like a weirder moment i think is it well it's kind of a weird moment but i do think it's quite effective like when when he is going to take over the oracle and uh the oracle asks like what have you done with uh sati the uh the little girl and uh agent smith uh, well one of the smiths just randomly says uh like cookies need love like everything does and the the smiths start laughing as well and it's i i think i think that moment is like funny but also quite creepy at the same time because it implies that smith has basically taken over the little girl you know and that's kind of terrifying um yeah i uh, yeah i do i i i think that um in uh, you could say in some ways that agent smith kind of makes uh revolutions worthwhile but you know i think i think there's some like good stuff all throughout the film i do think that um uh even though it's quite a bit sweet ending but there is still a bit as genuine sense of happiness that the war is seemingly uh, over um and you know they they kind of and the final line is quite good where the oracle was asked like did you know this would happen and she said says i didn't but i believed um yeah i think it it kind of it does tie together the uh three films um like like look and looking back on like the three different films what would you say uh is your your favorite line out of all of them my favorite line. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd go for uh, "My name is Neo," because that's 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 when uh, you know I know I already said it, but it's a great character development, and it's you know mm-hmm. it's a turning point for the character of of Neo. You know that he he becomes Neo. He 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 starts to understand who he is. You know, it's not he he gains his courage. It's a mm-hmm. great turning point for him and for the storyline, actually. Mm-hmm. yeah that, that also is my favorite line how about yourself robert yeah so uh, so that's definitely up there um i have a it, so there are a couple of different lines that i think are great uh one of them uh is so we're on the architect scene that was like kind of initially for some audiences like really confusing and hard to follow um but honestly i mean if you just if you just listen to what he's saying he's using a lot of words but he's not really it's it, it, he's, he's using a lot of words to just convey something that's not particularly hard to understand um but i can see how maybe on like first viewing especially without the subtitles you might be like wait 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 what did he say like like can you rewind it uh, no no you're gonna keep going okay all right but, but one of the lines that the architect has where he says uh like you know this will be the sixth time that we have destroyed it and then he says uh and we have become exceedingly efficient at it I don't know why, but I quite like that line. It's so cold and calculating, and yet also kind of, um, I don't know, it's the kind of line that you almost wish that you could just use in another, like, totally unrelated situation, because it is, it's an almost quotable line. Um, So there's that line. Uh, uh, There are some other uh, great cool lines, like in the first film, where Morpheus 
like where the whole concept of bullet dodging is brought up and then more like he, neo says like um like oh will there be, like will it so there will, there will be a time where i can dodge bullets or something and then he says like no neo uh, the time will come when you won't have to mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah i love i love that line it's a, it's a great one um and uh what else in yeah in, in revolutions inspired a line i do quite like that line where they like bring up the whole concept of where, where, where they bring up love and they and you know um uh, there's a line where uh, uh the program that you know is speaking to says you know like love is just a word it's the connection the word implies um or even uh i don't know even even if you like like what the line where agent smith like says like you know like maybe you knew i was gonna do that maybe you didn't if you did then that means that you baked those cookies and you put them right there and you sat them on that table and like deliberately purposefully so therefore i could like fling them at the wall deliberately purposefully like that, that that's not an exact quote but he does he uses the phrase deliberately purposefully and i i quite like that line um yeah 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 so a lot of yeah i think i think there is a lot of like quotable dialogue in the film or a, a couple more agent smith ones would be like uh when he says you know i killed you mr anderson i watched you die or i was compelled to stay compelled to disobey mm-hmm. you know those lines i think are great though that's partially just because uh weaving just delivers them very well um so yeah so i think yeah i've yeah uh, uh what, what would you say any, any other like kind of favorite moments or aspects from the films well there's of course well from the first matrix i don't think we can forget about the iconic scene in which uh, uh neo dodges a bullet mm-hmm. you know what i mean where he goes backwards and slow motion and there's a mm-hmm. the terrific 360 camera worked camera mm-hmm. work and you know that's that that, that that scene has become iconic you know with the way he dodges a bullet the special effects the movement that Everything about that scene is just awesome. I agree. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the bullet time scene, mm-hmm. terrific, yeah, it, terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it got parodied like so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and for good reason as well, because it is. I mean, it's which is kind of funny as well, because I mean, it's not it's not that successful in the film itself, but just if you just take it out of context, it just looks really cool. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's interesting watching the Matrix in full given how a lot of its scenes have been like parodied like because that's a very different experience to just to just like watching certain scenes on their own um you know like on a little bit of a side note one of the things that i love about uh the matrix's third act is that there's just action scene after action scene and it's piled on and there's almost no time to breathe and then the film doesn't even have an epilogue because it's like you know all of your energy is just spent and you know it just ends and leaves you on a high and stuff but yeah, yeah, that, that, that's an aspect I love about the first film. But anyway, but anyway, um, yeah. Any, any other like moments you really love? Uh, I think uh, I have to go for the uh, the blue pill and the red pill scene because mm-hmm. that you know when he when he Morpheus says to Neo, you you take the red pill and you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You know that mm-hmm. really you know. It, it really raises the audience's suspense, you know, about mm-hmm. what's what's going to happen next. You know, it's a terrific scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. good. Yeah, yeah good, a good reference to uh, Alice in Wonderland too, and it's kind of it's a bit fitting as well. You know, it's about um, you know, it's about a person traveling from their world to a new to a new crazy world. You know, and you know, it kind of it, the, the the references are worked in quite subtly and quite well. 
um yeah and obviously the whole blue pill red pill was like become kind of like like culturally influential perhaps to a fault because i know that there are a lot of people who have uh, taken the meaning of the red pill analogy and kind of used it, it like for, for 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 some not so great reasons that you know i don't really need to get into the details of it because you know you might know it already um you know or yeah, I mean, if you don't want to know about it, then maybe perhaps that's a good thing. But, you know, it's just like a, a, a lot of people, because it's all about, you know, waking up and seeing how the world is. And a lot of people want to see the world a certain way. So therefore they're like, oh, yes, I'm a red pillar. I've taken the red pill. And unfortunately, that can sometimes be in not so great ways, basically. I mean, are, are, you, are you familiar with that? That sort of the, the politicization of the whole the red pill aspect? No, actually, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't completely taint the whole red pill aspect because that aspect of the films is still very like clear and perfect. But there are a lot of people that have utilized the red pill stuff, uh, you know, to basically back up their beliefs and how they feel and stuff. And and some of those beliefs are not exactly you know friendly ones. Um, you know. You know, but some, but some of them have used it for you know good as well. Like I'm sure there are certain people who, um, you know, think about the red pill stuff and think about waking up, and it's in a it's in a good way. It's in a way similar to Neo, where it's an identity discovery or something like that. I, w- I would hope so. I would definitely hope so. It's part it's part of why I think the series is so long lasting because a lot of certain concepts do perhaps resonate again more strongly today than maybe they did back then. Um, I mean, it's no coincidence that both of the films uh, started during the rise of well, well all the films came out during the rise of the internet you know and we kind of and we saw that you know the pro- progression of like technology and stuff you know and that was um yeah that was an interesting coincidence um it, would, would you can you sort of see that yes yes i do because uh, the internet you know Everybody started using it in the nineties, right? That's when it started rising and rising. You know, by the by when the Matrix the first Matrix came out in ninety nine, it was, you know, pretty much everywhere. And it, you know, I know that I mentioned this before, but it's you know, I see the Matrix like I see the Matrix films and the the whole Matrix world as Matrix world as kind of a metaphor about how, you know, technology is in a way taking over humanity, you know, how People are becoming more and more dependent on technology in their everyday lives. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and um, and we also kind of like have have it basically end with like you know a peaceful agreement. You know that like maybe both can exist simultaneously. It's not really about one mm. screwing the other. Um, you know, which is how certain wars are capable of ending with like you know mm. a truce on both sides, and that's kind of and and that, that's and that was a good thing as well. The um revolutions did you know that they had it had the war end that way um you know i wasn't i wasn't a huge fan of the ending of revolutions because it didn't seem like um it was an immediate happy ending like yeah the war was over but like you know what was zion gonna do now it's like you know the sun is still blotted out you know and zion isn't the best place to live really but you know we still but and and some of this will definitely depend on how resurrections continues the story but um for me it's it, it, it's kind of like the, the best hope that humanity has is that maybe since the machines aren't going to invade uh maybe they'll be able to help like 
repopulate the world and make more people and stuff but you know like like you like you got to make a whole bunch of like resources to let humanity not die out and stuff so i so i don't know it didn't it didn't strike me as a particularly happy ending but there was uh enough of a sense of hope to where it wasn't a complete and total downer um yeah it was interesting watching both the first one and revolutions because both of them end although they seem conclusive they ended in ways to where you could conceivably continue them and obviously we got that with two sequels and we're getting that with uh resurrections uh that's uh coming that's gonna come out in a couple of days uh, how, how, how have you felt about like uh the marketing for uh resurrections how's it made you, what's what's it made you think yeah well, well well we're getting another matrix film 18 years later mm-hmm. <laughs> after the last one that's a long time mm-hmm. i mean yeah i've seen i've seen the trailer looks good you know it seems to have explosive action and so uh Keanu Reeves character is now living a normal life in the in the matrix as a normal person mm-hmm. and uh i see things that he and uh, Carrie and Moss character do not know mm-hmm. each other, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. is the the story takes place twenty years after the Matrix Revolutions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's directed. Yeah, this time it's only directed by Lana Wachowski, mm-hmm. not yeah, by her, more, uh, her sister now. And mm-hmm. it's also yeah. So that will be interesting to see how she does it by herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I read some of the reviews and it says it. They're yeah. pretty much favorable, but it they're also yeah. saying that it has weak characters. That's what they're saying. That's what I read. Okay. All right. I'm 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 not going to read any of the um uh, reviews that do get posted, or I'm going to try not to because I kind of just want to go into it a bit blind. Um, I've heard a couple of things, but nothing, but nothing that was like too in depth or anything. Um, I just want to experience the film for myself and just see um how it plays out. Um, you know, I'm really, I'm really intrigued by it, especially because, you know, like not only has there been a long gap where, you know, the Matrix series has kind of had this like, you know, a bit like sort of a reevaluation and, you know, a bit more like genuine modern pertinence. And also, you know, we've seen like what the Wachowski sisters did since as well. So it's interesting to see how their latest stuff might reflect upon this newest entry. Um, you know, and and you can already kind of see in the fact that it looks very different. Um, it's got a much more golden look to it um, than the Matrix's like more greenish tint. Um, and I do, it, yeah, I like lo- I like the the looks of that. Um, I also like uh, some of the ideas that seem to be hinted at. Um, and I do like the fact that like we're getting another film with Neo. Because even though, like, even though he died it, with Neo and Trinity, because I mean, a uh, Neo and Trinity back is kind of what I would have wanted as a kid. So it's almost like kind of a dream come come true in that sense. Um, it's unfortunate that it didn't come out when I was a kid, but you know, as a kid, that's what bothered that that, that stuff bothered me. So I'm happy to see a sequel specifically cover those two areas. Um, I like that. I do. I do like the. Um, you know, I like what could be done with this story about like maybe the potential resetting of the cycle, the cycle being broken, and then we're seeing this new series of events play out. Um, I'd love to return to the world of the Matrix, and I want to see. Um, you know, like 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 based on the trailers, it's like I also want to see 
what they do with like you know like the action and the philosophy and uh you know and, and in terms of like some of the new blood that they have like what they'll do like obviously like we have different music composers and that's kind of that's a bit noteworthy because you know don davis's music in all three of the original films was so good like it was just so like the music throughout all of the films was just so like pulse pumping and so effective and so entertaining um yeah did, did the music stick out to you in the original films yeah it certainly has a cool soundtrack you know Certainly, yes, very entertaining soundtrack. It goes very well with the scenes, with the action. Yep, yeah. very, 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 I made very good choices there. Yep, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah, approve yeah. of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't really even really pick a favorite, I just think all of them are great. Um, but yeah, so we have different composers this time. Hopefully, they bring back some of the original themes, uh, you know, like di- di- different director of photography. Um, you know, and some, some like new cast members as well. Like the most noteworthy one is that um, Yaya Abdul Mantine the second is playing is is playing Morpheus, or at least who we think is Morpheus. And um, so that's interesting that they've done the recasting from Fishburne to him. And uh, from what I can tell, I think it looks like he's doing quite a good job. I was just wondering in universe, like why they've done that. You know, like what, like why he's younger you know like that like that's something that i'm wondering i mean if you want to have any predictions how do you predict that they'll explain that i believe it'll be a sci-fi sci-fi explanation if you know what i mean it'll be a mm-hmm. he, he used a matrix to bring a younger version of himself maybe that's my guess could be wrong yeah. maybe something yeah, like maybe. that <laughs> Yeah, it could be because yeah. um, from what I can tell from the clips, I don't know if he actually exists in the human world. So it could it could just be that he imprinted himself, and maybe he imprinted, you know, like so. Therefore, like after he died, you know, he mm-hmm. could still live on or something like that, um, just in case anything happened again. And uh, yeah, so that's that could that could be what they might reveal, or it might be something else. Um, yeah, I like the looks of that. I like. Um, uh, it, yeah, I like what they're what they're potentially like teasing about the story. Uh, the one thing that was bothering me, and this I I think they're doing this on purpose. I was super super worried that it was just going to be a series of references to the first one, and although in the trailer they are highlighting plenty of references to that first film, from what I can tell, I think they might be doing that on purpose. I think they're doing that maybe as a potential like story on its own uh whether that be like me- like to to be some sort of meta commentary or just as as part of the story and that has me intrigued because i definitely if they are doing that on purpose then i would i would kind of respect that them for doing that for like me- like maybe leaning into the callbacks but leaning into it in a way that is very very self-aware um is that kind of the vibe that you're getting from what what you're seeing I think it's going to be referenced to uh, previous characters a lot. I mean, it is a continuation after all, and mm-hmm. I'll be very interested to see what it has to say, how the story is going to continue, because I haven't read a lot, a lot regarding the story. That's my opinion. Because of the Omicron virus, there are some people who uh, can't or won't uh, go to the cinema, but uh, then again, um, uh, Resurrections, it's the last of the Warner Brothers films that are going to be posted on uh, HBO Max at the same time, so hopefully anybody who wants to watch it, they can, you know, just watch it on the, um, you know, on their HBO Max app, uh, and that's like, 
in countries that have it. Obviously, over here in the UK, the only choice, like currently, the only choice that we really have is just to see it the cinema or not to see it or just wait until they put it on Amazon Prime or something. Um, you know, but yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna see it in a cinema or definitely it's it, it's something that I've been waiting for ever since I was a kid. You know, some sort of new matrix content that i could you know that i'd eventually be old enough to, to see and now that i am now that i can see it uh yeah i i, I do want to i want to see what they do and i want to uh i want to see if they have some uh bold crazy ideas that they want to just you know do in a film um you know it, it's one of those things where even if it maybe doesn't end up working i'll still i'll probably still have some respect for it if it kind of swings for the fences and tries something really uh you know different and cool and stuff and i think it, it like you know obviously it can't be as innovative as the first film but it can still it can still be valuable you know definitely um yeah because they are because at the end of the, the day you know even if it's just one of the, the wachowskis lana wachowski is still a very creative person and you know i definitely think that like if she pulls this off well she could make a very uh cool movie um yeah so yeah so overall so yeah closing thoughts uh what would you say is um if you wanted like people to like get into the series um, who maybe haven't seen it um how would you kind of go about recommending it to them like what like what would you how would you pitch this series to them to like a newcomer a newcomer well if you want a intriguing plot and unforgettable action scenes Terrific special effects. Then you should definitely check check the Matrix series out. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. If I was pitching out, I'd say like first of all, like try and watch them on like a big screen on a big like surround sound to get that kind of epic feeling. And uh, also, you know, like um, they 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 can be challenging. You know, they can they can hurt your brain. So I would say just be like ready to you know actually like to to try and really think. Because all three of them do force you to do that. You know, there's stuff in it that, you know, it will take you a second to really comprehend. But I think if you're, if you're willing to, and if you're engaged in it enough, then you know, you, I think, you know, you might be, you, you, you might even be enlightened, you know, afterwards. And you know, that would be great if, you know, if you did end up being, being that way, you know, gaining new perspective or new knowledge and stuff yeah i would say and i would just say like if you're a filmmaker you know you're aspire an aspiring one um even if you've already seen it you know watch it again and uh look at uh you know what it could what it what it can do as a film you know how it how it well how all of them like how, like what how they are as movies like how they flow together how the how it's told how the story's told how it's all conveyed um yeah 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 i think yeah i think all three of them are in their own ways, you know, special, you know, and that's kind of, and that's something that I, I respect about all of them. Um, okay. So yeah, I would say that that's a wrap. Uh, thank you for joining us and uh, we will see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.